friends of old, welcome back to Hogs and Blasters, fantasy, sci-fi, and everything in between. We are back, full strength. Myself, Sam, and sitting across from me is Patrick. Patrick, hello. Hello. I'm a big old sexy boy this week. <laughs> what is different this week? This I'm week? just feeling better than last week. Oh, well, that's exactly what you need in order to feel a big old sexy boy. We have got a load of things we want to talk about this week, I think, Patrick. We've got a good chunk of news that we want to get through. The stuff about Beetlejuice 2, stuff about Tim Burton's opinion about The Flash. We've got a couple of trailers we're going to talk about. We've got an Xbox leak. We've got Fist of the North Star. We've got Nicolas Cage doing stuff. We've got bits and pieces about Daredevil Born Again and Troll 2 and Gargoyles and Brasses. We've got loads of stuff we're going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it all now because then no one needs to listen to it. And then what we're going to do after that is we're going to talk about some Halloween-y bits and pieces that we're going to go through. I know you said not to say Halloween-y, but I didn't mean it as like... You are a halloween -y. Yeah, I didn't mean like a Halloween <laughs> sausage. I meant like Halloween-like, so that's, that's oh. fine. Uh, and we're going to talk about some pumpkin of the... Pumpkin spice sausage. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> a pumpkin spice sausage, please. Oh, this is your... Oh, that's excellent. Sorry, I re didn't realise that you were doing like a, a riff a riff on it. I should have followed on with it. I should have yes-sounded it. Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about Halloween books that we are going to be planning to read mm -hmm. over the course of October. We're taking slightly different approaches to it, and we're going to run through that. So why don't we just kick things off? Patrick, did you have any idea that Beetlejuice 2 was happening? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, they announced it a couple of years ago, yeah. I remember. And uh, yeah, everyone's coming back. Well, yeah. mostly everyone. And we're also getting Jenna Ortega. Absolutely. Thrown and, in there. And Monica Bellucci being thrown in there. Ah, Monica Bellucci. Wait, what do you mean, ah, Monica Bellucci? Ah. That's not, that's not how, what you'd say if she like knocked on your door. You'd be like, oh, hello, Monica Bellucci. She's not spooky enough for me. No? No. I think she would have made like a good Morticia Adams in a... What, what's she playing in it? Do we know? She's Beatrice Juice's wife. Mrs. Oh. Juice. Mrs. Juice. Yeah. And then obviously, um, yeah, Alec Baldwin's not coming back. And uh, Jeffrey Jones isn't coming back because... Gina Davis? Uh, Gina Davis, I don't think is coming back now. Oh, oh, oh! But the majority of the of the folks are coming back, which is which are the is football right. players coming back? <laughs> what the American football players? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, all right. They're my favorite part. Um, no, see, I completely spaced on this because obviously, like a few years ago, it was all like Beetlejuice goes to Hawaiian rumors of like things they wanted to do for mm. like the original sequel, and then I just started seeing things about it in the news, and I assumed like Tim Burton had done an interview. And they just asked him, like, what would happen if you were going to do, like, Beetlejuice 2? But then it turns out he is doing Beetlejuice 2. Well, Beetlejuice 2 is being done. So, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Next September, it's coming out. Just okay. for next Halloween. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, but, yeah, I'm all on for Michael Keaton doing pretty much whatever the hell he wants. I feel like he's having, like, you know, a few years ago where Harrison Ford was like, yeah, I'm just going to remake all the things that I made. <laughs> Back in the day, and then I'll I'll he see. He belongs in the museum. Yeah, he yeah. belongs in the museum. Oh man, I I I'm gonna tell you about that in a second, but like, yeah, it seems like Michael Keaton's still having his his Keatonaissance. He's still like going strong with it, but now he's going back to stuff that he did do. So he did, you know, Batman, and now he's gonna do Beetlejuice again. Yeah. Maybe he'll come back for Multiplicity too. Okay. No. It's it or, or Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom too. Yeah. It's, Mr. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. That would be great. Um, the thing I was going to say about um, Harrison Ford was I watched Indiana Jones and the Dawn of Destiny, finally. I couldn't watch it without worrying that he was going to like fall down. Yes. He's, I just, like, He's quite frail now. Yeah, I was watching it. I was like, 
oh, be careful on those boxes, Indiana. Like yeah. it seemed. Oh, I was... Well, it, it was two hours of elder abuse, really. Oh man, people were not happy with him. No, no, especially that really, really tall Nazi. Nazi. Yeah. Nazi. I hate Nazis. Yeah. I mean, what does he hate more, Nazis or snakes? Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose he's more afraid of snakes. He's not, he doesn't seem afraid of Nazis. No, like he's he's not he's not going to war with snakes. Yeah. Now, if Mads Mikkelsen had like taken off his Nazi uniform and turned out he was a snake, that's just a bag of snakes. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate uh, villain for Indiana Jones. Uh, so moving on from that, staying with kind of Tim Burton and stuff. Um, so Tim Burton was interviewed, and they asked him about the. Uh, I suppose this is spoilers for the Flash, but yeah, it's, it's I've said it, so it's fine. Uh, the whole. Anyone who's going to watch the Flash has watched the Flash. No one's. Yeah, I think that's. I yeah. think that's a fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, so there's a bit at the end where they show all the different worlds colliding, and it's all the different DC universes. And then you've got Christopher Reeve Superman and the old black and white Superman, whose name I can't remember at the moment. Um, and then you have Nicolas Cage in his incomplete Superman movie, which was Superman Lives, and the whole mm. idea of it was that he was going to fight like a giant spider. And it was all kind of insider Hollywoody rumors, and then there was that documentary about it. Um, and then this seems to be like the ultimate kind of fan service for it by making him basically appear. It's, it all seems CG, and I don't think uh, Nicolas Cage is actually in it. Um, no. But they asked Tim Burton what he thought about it, and he said... Uh, it goes into another AI thing, and this is why I think I'm over it with the studio. They can take what you did, Batman or whatever, and culturally misappropriate it, or whatever you want to call it. Even though you're a slave of Disney and or Warner Brothers, they can do whatever they want. So in my latter years of life, I'm in quite a revolt against all this. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't seem... I, I, I figured that they would have asked him about it. Like, they would have asked if it was okay for them to do it, but maybe they didn't have to. They don't have so to. So they chose not to. He doesn't own the rights. He's, yeah. he, he has no say in it. Which is weird, like I suppose, because you kind of figure he's he has such kind of like a a stylistic ownership of all that stuff, but in reality, he doesn't really. Like, did he did he have anything to say about uh, Batman? Because it was his Batman. Uh, no, he talked about a bit more about that he had no regrets about trying to do Superman Lives, but he didn't have any other. Not that I saw, but any other. Yeah, so like, it just seems a bit hypocritical that he's he's giving out about Superman. Which he obviously thinks is his, well, at least that iteration was his creation. Yeah. But he's okay with Batman being, being dug out of the, maybe. Or <laughs> out maybe, of the maybe. closet with the mothballs. And... Maybe he wasn't. Maybe they just didn't ask about it. Yeah. Or maybe I didn't do enough research right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I really don't. I, I really think he, he only focused on the, the Superman cameo. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean into these segues here. We were talking about Nicolas Cage there. Why don't we have a quick talk about. The two Nicolas Cage trailers so, that came out. I don't really want to talk about the trailers. Okay. I really want to just talk about the fact that he has embraced the fact that he is bald and he is not wearing his wigs in both these trailers. Two trailers came out the same day. Both uh, bald Nicolas Cage. Yeah. You're talking about Butcher's Crossing yes. and Dream Scenario. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the, the films, they look fine. <laughs> I'm just more interested in the fact that he's... He's not hiding his, his baldness. Do you think this is an indication that he is embracing a part of himself? Is this him cracked wide open? Or is he just uh, being like, oh, I can't even be bothered with wigs. I, I feel like it's the Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber, where he just removes his tooth. It's like, oh, I can do that. And he just removes his hair. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that was my feeling. That's, that's, that's 
that's the impression I get while I was watching it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just more interesting. Like, um, he is still dedicated to that to that rug and the different types of rugs that he wears. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I think it's the first time that we've really seen him. Yeah. Bald. And and he's had some impressive wigs over the years. Like we can talk about Con Air, and we can talk about you know, he's having like snake eyes and face off and and all that. Like it's it's strong a strong contribution to his to his performance. But like, yeah, the fact that he's just going the way he is makes perfect sense. And also these two movies, I don't think they'd benefit from him having like wigs on because one of them he's supposed to be like a middle aged everyman who for some reason is in people's dreams and then the other one is that he's a lunatic buffalo hunter in the old west <laughs> and then i actually think in the in the butcher's crossing trailer he, at one point he's shaving his head yeah yeah which is like a power move yeah i'm yeah no it's more just as a bald man as as someone who uh is also a big fan of nicholas cage yeah. and someone who at one stage did look a little bit like nicholas cage sure. in my college years uh i'm just quite happy to see See him embrace it. Yeah, that's all. I I am the same, even though I don't look anything like Nicholas Cage. You are going bald. What? What? <laughs> I told oh, you sorry. That's that's it. the next news. That's item. the next bit of news. <laughs> <laughs> that's going bald. Why didn't they tell me about this? Um, okay, so since we're talking about uh, trailers, uh, let's talk about. You wanted to talk about the fact that Bluey the video game. Is oh yes, the gaming event of the year. Bluey the video game. Now, so we're we're both. Dads, so yeah, Bluey is in our orbit uh, as like a a cartoon that is for young kids, but also I would some actually grown ups seem to really enjoy. As I, well. I would say it's the other way. I say it's a it's a cartoon for adults that kids can enjoy. Oh, like SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes, oh, okay. I, I I feel like it was pitched for adults first, and then the kid stuff came after. You could definitely see it being pitched. Some parents. of it is quite dark. There yeah. there there's definitely one about infertility with a with an ant. There, there's stuff about death. There's no, they they cover they cover. If you if you got Disney Plus, give it a give it a give it a ruddy old watch. Um, but yes, the game um, multiplayer. You can play up yeah. to four characters. Yeah. Uh, mom, dad, bingo, Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> forgot the names. Yep. Oh no no no! I was sorry. I, I was swallowing some water there. Uh, <laughs> bingo and Bluey, of course. Uh, you're in their house. Yeah. It's very well animated, from what I can see. Uh, I'm gonna play it. We we we'll probably we, we might live stream it on the Balrogs and Blasters Twitch stream. Yeah, I'm very happy to do that. I'm also not super jazzed about how it looks <laughs> based on the trailer, <laughs> only because I watched the PS5 trailer and it's it's doing that animation of because it's it's 2D animation. Yeah, but they're doing a thing of like it's in a 3D setting, so you either like move up and down. Yeah, and the but but then sometimes they move diagonally. And it's but like the diagonal animation. It, which it, it worked very well for the uh, South Park video games, The Sick of Truth and Fractured Behold. Yeah. So I, I I think it's it's in keeping with the style of the with of the animation. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm quite happy with it. But yeah. Well I hate it, but I'm looking forward to playing <laughs> it. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Um speaking of hate. Uh, well, I let, yeah, speak, I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Speaking of hate, um, Stephen DeKnight, who was the showrunner for Daredevil mm -hmm. way back then when it was on Netflix, um, he has come out basically saying that Daredevil Born Again is part of a scam run that Disney do. Um, 
this kind of came up recently and I was reading about it where basically sometimes if like Disney brings a show back, they'll change the name of the show. So it's not technically under the contracts of the old show. And yeah. you can basically go back to back to basics and pay people whatever they want to pay and, you know, not give people uh, royalties or residuals. Uh, so uh, there was a sequence of tweets where basically someone said... Uh, X's. Sorry? X's. Is that what they're called? I think so. I would have, have called them like crosses. No. Hey, that's... The company's called X now. <laughs> that's, me, that's me trying to like tidy around this massive <laughs> dumpster fire. Um, so someone X'd. Uh, not only did they cancel Twitter once... Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to start that again because I wasn't reading it properly. Uh, not only did they cancel Daredevil once crew got full raise and holiday vacation pay, the Disney Plus reboot is back to season one. IATSE contract terms. It's a effing scam. I wonder if Stephen tonight knows that. Stephen came back and said, he does. It's an old Disney scam where they slightly rename a series to reset contract terms back to first season. Needs to be addressed by all the guild unions and crushed. Uh, and in another part, he said, uh, from what I understand, I'm not going to see a penny from Daredevil Born Again because they added the Born Again and can claim it's a completely different show, you know, with the exact same two lead actors playing Daredevil in the desk. So I'm of two minds about this one because, first of all, uh, it's going to be a Disney Plus show. It's mm. not going to be that brutal Netflix style. I yeah. don't think we're going to get that. Yeah, I, I have a feeling tonally it's going to be very different to, to what Netflix did, and it's it's not it's not going to be continuing on the storylines that were started in the Netflix TV series. Yeah. So on that on that side, I think why would he get residuals? Just because two of the it's the same two actors, mm. two actors who are perfectly cast for those roles. Yeah. Would he have been happier if those two people who are who are perfect in those roles were just discarded and two new people came in and then he wouldn't have anything to complain with? I don't think so. But also, Disney do do, do this. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's shocking. But I, I, I don't think he, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he has a leg to stand on here, really. Well, I suppose that, that's the question of it. Like, I'd say they would probably have taken a similar tact if the show was going to be exactly the same. They potentially could have. Like, yeah. you know, it, it just, in this situation, it is going to be uh, different in that way that you say. Uh, so yeah, it's as you say, there's two ways to look at it, but also it's kind of crappy in general as a as a tact from uh, from Disney side of things. Having also said that, I'm sure Disney aren't the only company that do it. Oh no, but it also needs to be kind of crushed <laughs> and got rid of. Um, but I tell you what, I don't want to get rid of Patrick, and that is the news that we got about Troll Two. Now, not Troll Two, the movie that came out in the '80s, that is that cult classic of being a terrible movie mm -hmm. with the Blue Power Ranger. Uh, it's a sequel to the Netflix movie that came out uh, yes. not a long time ago. The Nordic one. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so they're making a sequel to it, uh, which is very exciting. Like they say, it's going to be they're going to begin. Well, they say they're going to They're going to begin production in twenty twenty four. But I don't know what that has to do in relation to the strikes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying it will be a 2025 Netflix release possible at the earliest. So that means it could be any time after 2025. Um, oh, actually, sorry. Uh, what? Sorry, I'm just reading it here. So, like, it isn't uh, concerned with the Hollywood strikes because it's a local production in Norway. Yeah, the, that's the strikes only apply to America. Okay. Yeah. That's why we're going to be getting a lot of Korean and. Um, 
German and European. Oh, Germany is obviously part of Europe. Uh, European movies going forward for the next year or so. Yeah. Um, because they were allowed to continue filming and do whatever they want. I'm looking forward to a lot of like black and white French movies being recommended to me on Netflix. No, thank you. No? I don't have Netflix. Ah. So I won't have to worry so how about will that. You, how will you source your <laughs> black and white French movies? <laughs> I have La Haine. I don't need anything else. What's La Haine? La Haine. The Hate. It's a very good movie. Oh, I thought that was a streaming service I didn't know about. <laughs> no, no, no. La Haine. <laughs> You should watch it. It's very good. Okay, what's it about? It's set in uh, the like the tenement blocks in Paris, and it's it's about drug dealing. It's about a little different things happening, but it's well worth it's well worth watching. Okay, as uh, it's black and white. Um, there's some famous French actors in it, oh. and there's a cow. Has it got? Um, Don't name? ask me to name any of them. <laughs> Has it got Jean Reno in it? Damn! Not that French actor I know. <laughs> that can't be right. I'm and it doesn't have it. Gerard Depardieu. Oh, I was going to say Jean Dujardin. Ah. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. Um, One of those wasn't a real actor. <laughs> Go on. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to talk about on the uh, also the game side of things. So Gargoyles Remastered is coming out. Yes. I was thinking about that. When I first saw that news, I was like, oh, they're remastering the TV series of Gargoyles, which I thought was strange because it was already just out on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they're, remake, they're remastering the uh, the 16-bit side-scrolling platform game, <laughs> So, which is a game that I don't think either of us have played. No. Uh, but something that is coming out on the 19th of October on Steam, so that's something we might do. Yes. Possibly have a, have a play along with that one. We'll do a Let's Play. Yeah. Or... Because whatever whatever we're going to call a series of yeah exactly <laughs> games, yeah. that's because, not copyright infringement <laughs> yeah exactly and because I always like revisiting these older games that were really designed for like twelve uh, year old kids who would just who could just spend like eight hours learning everything about the game because they're normally like notoriously difficult <laughs> just yes g- games of that. Era very much just muscle memory, just yeah, yeah, get, getting it beat into you. You're like, why isn't there a story mode to the to the nineteen yeah, the yeah. early nineties Batman Returns on Game Gear? Yeah, and just while we're talking about uh, those retro games, those sixteen bit era games, the Super Pocket is going to be coming out at the end of October. Yes, so this is a small Game Boy shaped handheld. There's two variations: the Taito one. Yep. Which ha- has uh, bubble bubble and things things like that. Bubble, bubble. I love you saying that. <laughs> uh, and then the Capcom Capcom one, so yeah. that has Super Street Fighter and stuff yeah. like that. But it'll also play your EverCard cartridges, which I have. I have a load of them. I was going to say, so do you have you've used EverCade, sorry, EverCade cartridges. Okay. Yeah. So I ha- I have an EverCade over there okay. that I don't really use because I don't like the form factor. It's very much the Game Gear yeah, style yeah, yeah, of form yeah, factor. Yeah. Whereas uh, I, I very much enjoy the, the Game Boy shape. So I've ordered the title one. Oh, nice. Uh, but it'll be coming out on the 22nd of October. And which one did you order for me? I have ordered you nothing. Focus. Oh, man. Zilch. <laughs> Nada. <laughs> the one thing I noticed about when I was reading about the Super Pocket was that the, the brand behind the, the Super Pocket is Hyper Megatech, which I was pretty sure was uh, Homer Simpson's internet company. <laughs> Before I remembered, of course, that it was... Oh, I'm just going to try it. Compu... 
Coffee Diet. No. No. Coffee no. Global Hyper Mega Mix. Yes, yes, of course. I say it was his internet company. He was, of course, a junior partner. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think just the last game thing I want to talk about is the Lord of the Rings game that's been announced uh, this week from Private, who are doing it with uh, Weta Workshop, I think. Tales um, of the Shire. Tales of the Shire. And the way you describe this is cosy. That's game. that's what I got got a feeling from the trailer. I still don't know what the game's about. Yeah, no one seems uh, to. It seems to be centered around a female hobbit, I assume, who in the trailer is is painting up a book. Like painting up a book. That's not a, that's not a phrase, but we'll go with it for now. Um, yeah. So I don't really know what it is. Uh, I don't know who. Is this this isn't part of the Amazon deal for games? Is it? No, no. It's, I don't believe so. It seems to it seems to be separate to that. Like. I'm looking forward to it. That people seem to think that it's going to be like, as you say, just like living in the life of a hobbit and maybe like little kind of mini tasks that you can also do. Also, Animal Crossing in the Shire. Yeah, pretty okay. much. I, I mean, I would love something like that. Like, I as much as I do love a lot of the games I'm playing at the moment, they are games where you want to play for like you know two or three hours. Yes. At a go, uh, but I'm looking forward to one that. I'm not saying that you necessarily play games on the toilet, but one you could play on the toilet and then just like play for like 10, 15 minutes. Not I'm spending that long on the toilet, but um, just like, You would yeah. be if you were playing games. On well, the yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's how you, you damage yourself. You, you talk to your brother and see if you can get your Steam Deck. <laughs> <laughs> that's my next job after I leave yeah. this recording. Now, I do have two other video game pieces of news that I want to talk Please, about. Please, go right ahead. Uh, the first one is uh, the Unity game engine debacle. That's right. Happened. Tell me about this. So basically Unity came out with new terms of service and it was applying retroactively. So you, if you're, you were a game developer, you paid a license and there was various tiers and there was even a free tier based off revenue and number of sales and stuff like that. Mm. But even even the professional ones, like the people who were paying, who were selling hundreds of thousands of units a year, they, they there was a professional level for them and that covered that covered the licensing costs. Basically, what Unity wanted to do was every time someone installed the game, they were technically downloading the Unity framework. Mm. That's my that's my understanding. Yeah, and they wanted to charge five or twenty five cent for each one every time it happened. Okay. Uh, loads loads of people loads loads of developers pulled out of Unity development at that stage. Yeah, Unity rolled it back and said, "No, it only applies to the first time you they install it." Game developers are still not happy yeah. with that because they're saying we're paying a professional license. The fund is the professional license that will do that. That's not not a problem. Yeah, and you say no. Yeah, uh, they also took down their terms of service on Friday. Uh, There's a big backlash on it about it on X, but um, Unity came out and said, "Well, no one was reading it, so we <laughs> thought we'd take it down." <laughs> So it, it wasn't it wasn't their overall term of service, but it was a bit about a particular part of the, the the ecosystem. So yeah, but it was it was it was still notable by its absence. So um, yeah, I just wanted to the, to bring that up. Um, Unity is great because it's it's in C sharp. It's an easier program to work with. Uh, you can there's there's other uh, there's other Unreal Engine would be another option, but that's all in C++ or uh, much, much harder language to, well, not much hard, harder language to program in, but definitely something that you'd have to upskill in if yeah, you've been yeah. using Unity for 
for donkey's years like most of these most of these indie developers have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah, that was that was one thing that I wanted to talk about. That that sounds vaguely and I only use this as a as a comparison because a lot of that went over my head. It, it seems that very similar to kind of the way that Wizards of the Coast fecked up with their kind yes. of attempt to essentially squeeze a bit more money out of exactly out of third parties. Um and now it seems like they're just putting out fires. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Unity have come out and said, like, this is only going to apply to people who use our game engine that's being released from 2024. This, uh-huh. is, this is their latest stance. So if you're developing something at the moment, it's not, or have already released something, it's not, this isn't going to apply. But still, I, I think they, they've burned the bridge there, and yeah. people are going to move over to Unreal, they're going to move over to other, or, or start up new game engines and yeah, and that it's seems like a that seems like a risky community to tick off when you're in that industry. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a very very vocal community. Yeah. Uh, especially their fans. Their fans are very very vocal. So, a lot of people have come out about this. But uh, there, there's some great articles out there about how this doesn't just impact game developers, but also impacts uh, the the end consumer. So. I'd recommend you guys seek them out yourselves and have a read them because otherwise, if I just read them out, there it'd be plagiarism. Uh, we do not do that here. No, no. We are strictly a liable podcast. <laughs> and then the last one is just around Xbox. Um, huge leak, huge leak from a set of documents that have been prepared by for the court case in America with the FTC. Okay. So, uh. It was basically a, a load of emails, a load of presentations from several years ago, outlining what what people, what what Xbox were doing. Um, so let me just have a look here. So the top one that a lot of people have been talking about is uh, Phil Spencer, who is the head of Xbox, wanting to buy Nintendo. Now. Okay. A lot of a lot of a lot of people are taking this like, oh my god, he's mad with power. We, Sam and I both work in very large organizations, and we understand that there's a thing aspirational goal setting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. he he said he's obviously set himself a stretch target here of saying, "I'll buy Nintendo." It's like Apple saying that they're going to buy Disney. Yeah, you know that kind of. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I don't think it was ever really on the. On, in the cards, but they wrote it down. <laughs> they wrote it. They wrote it down because it was an aspirational target. Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, they they called Baldur's Gate a second run game uh, because it wasn't going to be launch, launching on the Xbox first. Uh, yeah. People have taken that out of context. As well, I'm not going to de- delve too delve too deep in that, but um, some people, even journalists, just take taking this to mean that Xbox believes it's a second rate game. It isn't. It was a game that's not coming to Xbox first. That's what they, they meant by that. Okay. Uh, this just goes to show that in like a PowerPoint presentation, there is very little room for subtext. There is. There is. Did no one check the notes section within the PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> then the the next hardware revision for the Xbox Series oh, okay. X came out, and it's going to be a tube. A tube? The X-tube. No, not the X-tube. Something that's, else. that's something else. That's something else. I mean, uh, I assume it is. I would have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, no disc on it. One terabyte hard drive, but the exact same internals. Well, revisions of the internals of this current Series X. 
And it's going to be tube shaped. It's going to be a tube. Yeah. I don't hate that, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 fine by me. Uh, people are, are using this, though, as the siren that the, the all digital future is now upon us. But the disc is dead. The disc is dead. I haven't bought a gaming disc in years. I know you still do it because you're, you're I love a bit cheap that way. Well, no, I, <laughs> it's because I can also use them to keep magpies away from the outside of my house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah. I don't really do that. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun, funny, funny thing though, Jez Corden, the guy who uh, analyzed all the documents and, and put, wrote up all this, a lot, lot of stuff, put a little clarity around the different um, stories because people are, were just searching through them. Like there was thousands and thousands of pages yeah. in this. People were, were very surface level skimming them and then uh, reporting different things. Yeah. Jez Corden uh, really went through it. You should have a look at his, uh, his X's or whatever we're calling them these days. Um, he has a proper breakdown of it, and it was funny because he was actually on vacation at the time. He was <laughs> he was sitting by the pool nice. on holiday, going through legal documents. <laughs> but yeah, there's there, there's a there's a good bit in there. And then the last thing, just just on Xbox, uh, Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves, uh, player versus environment servers are going to be going live. It's called Safer Seas. So at the moment, Sea of Thieves, if you want to play it. You are at risk of having your ship attacked by other players. Uh, this, okay. this completely eliminates that, but it also reduces all the uh, all the rewards you get by about seventy percent. So it turns it into a bit of more of a grind, a bit of more of a slog. You can still play with up to three other players, yeah, but there won't be any uh, PvP in it. So it's Sea of Thieves, Safer Seas, which yes, is yeah. sounds like a tongue twister. <laughs> which is which is coming out as part of their season ten uh, roadmap. Yeah. But, but, Load of different things, but that's that's the part that I'm I'm I zoned in on. I don't mind that at all. I think that's always a good chance. Yeah, but yeah, that's all the gaming news I had. Well, I don't think I had any other uh, gaming news to speak of. I think that covers pretty much all of our news uh, for this week. Let me just let me just check my notes one you, more time. You, you go ahead. You check your notes. That's the, those are the wrong notes. Here's the notes. We can cut all this out. It's fine. That's everything. That's everything. I think we're covering it off. So, you know, should we go into something a little, a little spookier? Ooh, spooky! <laughs> and the only reason we're talking about this in September instead of October is because it's too scary to talk about Halloween things in October. Plus, we're talking about books here, so we we need a bit of runtime to actually read the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and like because yeah. you're a, you're a, you're a very fast reader, um, especially compared to me because I'm I'm. I'm Fairly slow when it comes to when it comes to the old paper. Go on. I don't. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the issue. I did not have the thing yeah. before that. So 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 basically, what we're doing for this Halloween season, the spooky season of ours, is we've taken a look at our to read list and pulled out some books that we were going to read this uh, this Halloween season. Now, I when I pulled out my my books. Um, I I found that there was three in there that had a had a particular were in a particular subgenre, and that is haunted houses. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to be going with. So the first one I'm going to be reading is How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Now this is a it's a comedy slash horror book. So is easing my, easing myself into it, not not going too hard at the beginning. But uh, it's also funny because it coincides with 
the return of a TV series on sci-fi called Surreal Estate, where a state agent in America deals only with haunted houses. <laughs> Is this been? I didn't. I have never heard. Of it. So season season one was out a couple of year, a few years ago. I thought it was cancelled, but it's coming back. It has a Eugene Levy's daughter who was Darla, not Darla, the 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 girl, the 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 waitress in in Schitt's Creek. Oh yeah. Yes. So she's in it. Uh, the guy who played Wyatt Earp in not Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday in Winona Earp. Is in it as well. There's there's a few famous people in it, but it's uh, so it ties in nicely. So that'll be the show. That show will be returning in October, and then I will be reading this at the same time. They're not connected. They just happen to to be of similar ilk. The next one I'm going to read once I finish that is Twelve Nights at Rotter House by J. W. Ocker. So this is about a, a journalist. He locks himself in a haunted house for twelve days. He's a bit of a skeptic and. Believe it or not, believe it or not, spooky things start happening. <laughs> oh, so it's like, uh... but he, but he's actually he's actually trying to make these things happen. So he's he's going through the different tropes. He's going he's going through the all the all the things that would in a in a horror movie would signify that there's a haunting happening. But so by like, doing that, he's actually triggering it. So it like um, fourteen oh eight. Yes, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, very yeah. cool. And then. Uh, if I get through those, which I, I do plan on, on finishing those, I've never read The Haunting of Hill House by Sir Shirley Jackson, so I'm hoping to, to knock that out as well. All three are very short books, so I'm hoping to be able to get them all done within a month. And then as we uh, as, as I go through them, I'll, I'll do a little discussion. And then for Halloween week, we'll be doing a little booktube on YouTube where we'll just be discussing a little bit further. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So Sam, I, I believe you didn't have a theme, or did you? Well, I did. It turns out I did. Uh, so my plan was that I want to read books that are the basis for Halloween movies that I really enjoy, mm -hmm. or even ones that I don't really enjoy, but ones where I'd be interested to read the book to see to see what it's like. And the I haven't read a lot like that in the past. Like I think the only ones that I've read in the past would have been things like, well, one would have been like The Witches, mm -hmm. which I think would be a nice one to revisit just because even though the, the well, they did the remake, which was a couple of years ago, which wasn't great. But like I, I what I'm hoping I can do is like read the books and then kind of watch the watch the movies alongside them. I think like going back to the like the nineties movie of the witches. And then, like reading the book as well, I think would be really good. Um, what I'll probably do is, in honor of William Friedkin passing away, director William William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, I'm going to read the original The Exorcist, which is by William Peter Blatty. Yes, it was written in 1973, so I'm going to give that one a go. And because honestly, like with The Exorcist movie, I can't remember the last time I watched it. I can't have watched it more than once. And that's not to say that, it, that I didn't enjoy it. I just don't think I've ever gone back to it. But I'd love to kind of go back to it after after reading the novel. Um, there is also... The Haunting of Hill House was also, also on my list. Um, but what I might do instead is because The Fall of the House of Usher is coming out on Netflix, Excellent. Uh, which you don't have. I appreciate that. Uh, I might read the now. That's a short story, an Edgar Allan Poe short story, and I know that the 
the TV show is kind of based in modern times, it's going to be very different. But I think that would be a good a good comparison to do as well. Psycho is another one I'm considering. Mm-hmm. So original book which was written by Peter Robert, I should say Robert Block, um, a few years before the movie came out. Uh, there's a movie that I watch from time to time, which is um, it's called Hitchcock, and it's got Anthony Hopkins as Alfred Hitchcock, and it's basically about him writing him directing Psycho and like how he discovered the book and all this stuff. It's a little bit cheesy in places, but it's it's one I enjoy. Uh, so I think I'm going to read the original book uh, and see how that shapes up as well. The only other one I was considering was Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire. Because mm. I watched Interview with a Vampire recently, watching Tom Cruise get all hammy as a as a vampire, which was loads of fun. Uh, so I'm going to give the the book a go as well. I'd be interested to get your feedback on that. I I've uh, I've read a few Van Rice's stuff, and um, I, I find them hard going. Yeah, but that's I obviously just I'm just not clicking with the style. So I'd be, I'd be interested to see what your what your take is of. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see because again, like I, I wouldn't have really visited a lot of Anne Rice's stuff, and I know people who like absolutely love it. I know yeah. people who absolutely hate it, and I think that's, <laughs> that's a tricky one to that's a tricky one to navigate. Um, I was considering some Stephen King ones, but to be honest, I've read a lot of those already. So like, even though The Shining is one of my absolute favorite like Halloween books to read, like still scares the crap out of me. Uh, like that and Carrie and Pet Cemetery, like the ones I would have read already. So I want to kind of steer away from yeah. from Stephen King. Just not that I don't like it, but like Yeah. 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 It's a So there's there's quite a list there. Yeah, I think what I'll probably do is the ones I definitely want to read, I think I'll definitely read The Exorcist and I will definitely read Psycho. Those are two I definitely want to read. Yeah. And anything else I can get in, uh, squeeze in for that, uh, I will will be just a, a lovely little treat. Yeah. And then uh, for our listeners, I do have two recommendations. And for, for me as well. Oh, yeah, of course. But uh, you, I, you, you've already got a full list there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so there's two books that I think um, people would enjoy this Halloween season. Um, one of them is a book called, sorry about this, The Reapers Are the Angels by Alden Bell. So this is very much a catcher in the rye style narrative mm. set in a zombie apocalypse. Okay. Very, very well written. There, there, there's been sequels to it as well, but uh, this this particular book was fantastic. Yeah. It was excellent. Um, the second book that I want to recommend is The Passage by Justin Cronin, which is a vampire novel. Also very well written, very... Very uh, great American classic uh, descriptions and and stories because it, it deals with lots of different points of views across um, different parts of America before, during, and after a vampire apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I recommend both of those books if you're looking for something to read and the ones that we've mentioned haven't tickled your fancy. And I will uh, basically dogpile on this. Um, if you want a different kind of taste of like not so much spooky books but kind of scary and kind of off-putting kind of kind of stories um the japanese writer ryu murakami he's got a few books out that they're quite like transgressive 
mm. kind of books, kind of like in kind of style of like Fight Club or things like that. It's a couple of books that I would really recommend. They're quite short ones as well. If you want just a, just a brisk read, one would be uh, In the Miso Soup, which is basically a a tour guide in Japan who basically brings people through tours of like the sex districts, and it's this strange man that he's bringing on this tour and something's, something's not quite right about him. And another one is uh, The Audition, which has also okay. been made into a movie as well. I don't want to say too much about it. Uh, I'm not familiar with either of them. So, Other than it is a man kind of uh, performing interviews, interviews, auditions in his house and something goes awry. I don't want to go into it more than that. But they again, they are kind of brisk little reads and they are really kind of all kind of uncomfortable kind of kind of shuffling your seat kind of kind of stories so yeah. I'd, uh, I'd definitely recommend those ones as well cool 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 uh yeah so i, I think that's that's it for for our uh book part of the evening <laughs> <laughs> um sam i just wanted to catch up with you uh what have you been watching last week or so Any, anything new anything caught your fancy well <laughs> movie wise or tv wise it's it's funny you should ask that Do you know what let me just let me just pop onto my letterbox now uh, I want to recommend one uh, movie tracking app over another, but yeah, I, yes. I do use it. Battle Royals and Blasters do acknowledge that other movie tracking apps do exist. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I watched, I guess it, as well as mo movies based on books, I watched Meg 2, The Trench. Oh, yes, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, it did exactly what it was supposed to yeah. do, which yeah. was be a shark movie with Jason Statham in it. Uh, and that is that is pretty much all I can really say about it. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was good fun. That's yeah. all I say. Like it was good fun. It was brisk. Um, it had more sharks and other creatures as well. And I'm like, I'm all into like giant sea monsters and stuff like that. So yeah. that's kind of really up my alley. Uh, as did, long as that's what you need out of it. Did you yeah. ever watch a uh, what was it called Underwater? With yes, me. I did watch Underwater with Christian Stewart. Yes, excellent, excellent movie. That's a fantastic movie, and like the ending of it as well. Not to give anything away on it, because I do think you should watch it. Like again, a really good like Halloween movie to watch. The the captain in that yes, the French guy mm. is in Lahaine. Is he really? There we go. Oh my god, <laughs> this thing has come full circle, and you were, we didn't even mean to do that. That's fantastic. I enjoyed that. Uh, I also watched uh, Blue Beetle. I watched Blue Beetle as well. Yes. And I will have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. I, I, I can tell by your face that you didn't, but it was it was very much a traditional superhero movie. Mm. Uh, but it is let down, like all DC movies are, and then the latest uh, slate of Marvel movies, by a very poor villain. Oh, Susan Sarandon yeah. is terrible. Susan Sarandon is absolutely well, wasted she, in that movie. She's she's wasted, and she like her acting. Her what what she ha had to work with is what she had to work with. Uh, I I get that. Why she was the only white woman in a completely, and she seems to have surrounded herself with, only with Latino men and women. Yeah, was a very strange choice. Uh, seeing as she was obviously very racist. Yeah, <laughs> she was. Uh, she was that. Like she she's. There's no one who works with her or for her who is not Latino in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, so it was very, a very strange, strange choice. A, a strong Latino actor might have been a better, better choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was um, lighthearted, but not the goofy 
Shazam. Yeah, I get that. And it wasn't as dark as Batman vs Superman. Yeah, exactly. It's midway between like Spider Man and Iron Man. Um, yeah, and it's interesting to say that about having like a a decent villain like the uh, the essentially the red blue beetle. Uh, he's he's a much more kind of complex uh, villain in this, and like has a lot more to be doing. But like, but maybe... they also wasted him in having all that character growth in the last ten minutes of the movie. Oh yeah, just the him. most egregious use of a flashback I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah, and I did think at the at one point like. Susan Sarandon, her character is so two-dimensional that <laughs> I actually, I tried to make a funny thing out of it. I, I kept starting in line with, Susan Sarandon's character is so two-dimensional that, but I couldn't think of anything to do after it. The only one I could think of is, she couldn't be on a hardwood floor because she'd slip through the cracks. But that's not good enough. No. I, no. I need to have a think about a better one. You need to get on chat GPT and, and, and workshop that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, and I also watched uh, Speed Racer. Yes, very sorry about that. Yeah. I loved it. No, you did not. No, I didn't. <laughs> it was so, it was so painful to watch. Oh man! Like the only thing I say about that was, I get that the the anime of it is, you know, a kid who's really good at driving uses his skills to solve problems, and this that that turns into a two-hour movie about corporate espionage. I don't know how. Yeah, with but, a, with a, you're my brother. You're not my brother. You yeah. are my brother. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the the charismatic gravity well that is Emil Hirsch in that movie. And also Susan Sarandon is in that movie. Yes. And there's a really creepy moment. This is the last thing I'll say about it. So Emil Hirsch's character, Speed, is dating uh, Christina Ricci. Mm. And his dad, John Goodman, is married to Susan Sarandon. There is one point in the movie where Christina Ricci comes out. You know, she has her kind of... Uh, she has her triangular face. She has her very large eyes and she has a like a little bob haircut. She comes out in like a kind of a cartoony dress. The next moment, Susan Sarandon comes out, triangular face, kind of larger larger eyes as well, and a, and a weird bob cut <laughs> come out and a similar kind of dress. And at one point, I was like, "Is is Speed Racer attracted to his mom? <laughs> is is yes. this a weird way we go to date his mom?" Yes, it was. It was absolutely bizarre. Yeah. Like I have so much I want to say about that, but I don't think there's anything new that I can bring to the conversation of Speed Racer. Um, yeah, yeah, just just painful. Anyway, yeah. what about you, Patrick? <laughs> so, Cleanse my palate with what you've been watching this week. So, a, a few things I want to talk about. Um, first of all, last night I watched "No One Will Save You," the oh, new Disney Plus show I'm or film. Sorry. I'm so excited to watch "No One Will Save You." It's 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 very good. The yeah. the lead actress. For those of you who don't know, um, there's very little dialogue in this movie. I'm not going to go into spoilers at all, but there's very very little dialogue. Yeah, and. This actress, I'm I'm not familiar with her previous work, but she carries it on her shoulders all the way through, and it was it's a very interesting film. Uh, very much enjoyed it. Surprise! I I I, I it was something that was in my list of stuff to watch, but I didn't know it was coming straight to Disney Plus. Um, day one, so quite happy with that. So this is uh, I'll just check there. So the the actor is Caitlin. Endeavor. So she was in <clears throat> Justified and Last Man Standing, and she was also in uh, Dope Sick, which was that. Yeah, uh, who and I haven't watched them. The only thing I think I've seen her in is Rosalind with um, with Mini Driver, and there's a few other people in there. Oh, okay. Uh, was that the one with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that that wasn't a very good movie. 
Yeah. Like, if you watch the trailer for No One Will Save You, you'll kind of see the gist of it. In that yeah. it's, it involves aliens and kind of a, a home invasion style situation. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't really give that much else away. The, the one thing I will say is the, the CGI is fair to middling. It's not, it's not going to blow your mind. I'm guessing a lot of it's... Well, it seems like a lot of it's set in the dark. So I'd say that's... Yes, where where you see the aliens, it's it's mostly in the dark. But uh, yeah, no, oh, it, it was a very good movie. Yeah, yeah. Very much enjoyed it. Well, it only cost apparently according to this, I'm obviously on the Wikipedia. Like, it only cost twenty three million. So you could see how that would kind of limit what they can do with the CG. Yeah. Um, but I am hugely excited to watch this. Yeah. I'm hoping it will be like Space Meg. No. 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 Okay, that's probably for the best. No, it's much it's much better than the Meg. Um, then moving off movies, because uh, I really haven't had a chance to watch that many. I watched Blue Beetle. I watched uh, No One Will Save You. Mm. Uh, the Continental. Uh, I watched it one. Episode one dropped yesterday. It's three yep. part mini series. Uh, it was very good. Uh, this is it. This is in the John Wick universe. This right? is in John Wick universe set in the seventies, basically charting the rise of Winston. Which is Ian McShane's character, right? L- yeah, Lovejoy. Yeah. Love. Yeah. What was that show he was? Winston Love? No, uh, he did. Oh, you're talking about Deadwood? No. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who played Winston. Yes. In, um, in the movies did a TV series, an English TV series where he was an art, he was like an art seller. I'm really enjoying you watch your way through this. And uh, it was really good. It was, I think it was called Lovejoy. Okay. It was, it was, it was really good. But that's where, where I always think of Ian Machine from. Oh, really? Yeah. I always think of him from, God, what do I always think of him from? Oh, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Very much a companion piece to Lovejoy, I'd say. Yeah. And then we didn't get a chance to talk about it because I was out sick last week, but uh, Lower Decks is back. Uh, yes. Season, episode four of season four dropped this week. It was it was very good. There there's there's an overarching story in this season about a, a mysterious spaceship that seems to be destroying other yes. other spaceships, but it hasn't it hasn't come into the radar of of our characters yet. So I'm looking forward to, to get, getting to the getting getting underneath that storyline. Yeah. Um, I finished One Piece. It was very good. I did not. I gave up on the anime after about 40 episodes. There's, there, I, I understand there's thousands of episodes. Oh, this yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. But um, what, what I saw, I really enjoyed. Uh, there's talk about um, oh, not Sigourney Weaver. Susan Sarandon? No. no oh, not, why are you talking about? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, she, she is lobbying to get a, a role within One Piece now. I'm not. It's it's Doctor Something in it. Uh, I I don't know enough about One Piece to to properly talk about it. But it's yeah. it's the mentor of the ship's doctor. Okay. In the in the anime. Right, um, so hopefully she gets a. I'll but, take any slither of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, uh, she was excellent. She's been excellent in everything she's she's done the last few years. Like yeah, yeah. Um, everything up there all at once. Yeah, but she also did uh, Scream Queens. I don't know if you yes, watched she that. Did. She yeah, did she did Scream Queens. Very much enjoyed her in that. But uh, One Piece, excellent. Uh, standouts, Inaki Godoy. I don't know how to say his name properly, who plays Monkey. Yeah. 
Uh, he is very good in the role. Everyone's really good. Emily Rudd, I think, is very, very good in it. She's got a real presence in, in the whole thing. She plays uh, Nanny. Yeah, she takes a lot of the weight of like the character. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not the character arc, but her redemption. Like, she has a, like a redemption arc yeah. in there. Not to not to kind of talk but, too much about it, but but yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to. We, we might do a spoiler cast at some stage, but because I have have certain views about that, but it would really spoil um, episode yeah. five and six if I, if I did. What I will say about it is, I I do feel like because. Yeah, as you say, like the actor who plays uh, Michael B. Luffy is is really good. I feel like part of what cinched the role for him is that when he calls out the moves he's going to do, it sounds like yeah, it sounds like the anime. Like the way he says it is, he's got the right amount of like vigor behind it yeah. to to really yeah. sell it. And Jeff Ward as Boogie the Clown as well is also fantastic. That was a uh, yeah, like, that was a bizarre performance from him. But he uh, he 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 went all in, and uh, I think it. It worked very well. Yeah, like it's it's one of those things where they sold like the spirit of the manga and the anime, and like you could you could watch that on its own. Like, there's not so much of it that's like Easter eggs that you would need to need to know anything about what's yeah. going on in the in the original subject matter. Um, but you know, they they stayed silly with it. Like, they have serious reactions to things, and it is kind of people with serious goals and ambitions but they're also completely accepting this kind of weird world that's around yeah. them and it's not like you know it's not like with like dragon ball evolution where they're trying to mix kind of trying to pull out the kind of remnants of this of this world from the from the comics and the anime that just doesn't really work but they they've put a lot of investment into making this thing look good and kind of have the right vibe and i think they've, they've yeah it. i think a lot of people were just going to be afraid it was going to be a pirate tv series sure. a little bit of silliness in the background yeah, yeah, yeah. but they, they've they've really nailed it yeah um yeah so that's pretty much all i've been watching just to to wrap up this uh, get us our, ourselves prepared for the spooky season oh um patrick we have is, a little patrick is donning his cape and his yeah. hands no no we, we 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 have a little tradition in our, in our household where we basically just the only movies we watch are, are horror movies for for the for the rest for the entire of October. Okay. So I I have my favorites. I have the thing. I have Trick or Treat. I have uh, Halloween. I have the older stuff that I want to watch. Yeah. But uh, this year there are two films on my radar that I want to watch. Uh, these are new, was, it, these are new these are new, new new watches for me. Yeah. There was three, but I I couldn't. I couldn't hold back on No One Will Save You. Okay. So um, the first one is Talk To Me. Oh, yes. This is with the um, the hand that... Yes, it's an embalmed hand that summons the dead. Uh, it's, 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 just, it's your standard uh, possession style horror. Kids playing with dark forces yes. that they don't understand. Yes, yeah. and TikToking it, which I, just, I don't, don't really understand the TikToking. But there we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, Sophie Wilde is in there, uh, Miranda Otto. It, it, it looks really interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And then the next one is, I was planning on watching The Last Voyage of the Demeter, but I decided not to because uh, I've heard, I haven't heard good things about it. I am 100% going to watch it because, you know me, I love monsters and a boat. Yeah, like normally I like them to be sea monsters, but I'll take a I'll take a giant bat creature as well, you know. Yeah, but what I will be watching instead is Haunting of the Queen Mary with Alice Eves. 
Okay, I actually have never heard of this movie, but I, I saw you, you mention it the other day. Yeah. Uh, by which I mean it appeared on... On, on our streaming services. Yeah, yes. exactly, yeah. So uh, it's, it's The Haunting of the Queen Mary explores the mysterious and violent events surrounding one family's voyage on Halloween night in 1938. Their interwoven destiny with another family on board the infamous ocean liner present day. See, when I first saw, when I first heard about it, I thought, is this like an asylum situation where they're trying to catch people looking for like haunting in Venice? <laughs> but no, it looks like it could be really good. So I, I agree. I may give that one uh, a go as well. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, is there anything on your radar that you'll be watching this, this I think spooky I'm, season? I'm probably going to steal the tradition of your household and, and try to just watch scary movies this season. Uh, there are ones that in our house we will always watch. They're, they're kind of more um, more kind of PG level things like Hocus Pocus. and. Everything. I still haven't watched the second one. I haven't watched the second one either. I might actually watch it this year to maybe as a, maybe as a double feature. But I tend to go back to like I tend to go back to like the original Halloween movies and, and things like that. I'm a big fan of uh, Robert De Niro's Frankenstein. Uh, I suppose you call it Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein, but Robert De Niro is Frankenstein in it. Um, I always go back to that one as well, and maybe like you know, a couple of Underworlds, a couple of Resident Evils. You know, keep it, keep it loose. You know, I still think Paranormal Activity, the first one, mm. is well worth a watch. Uh, it's still incredibly spooky. It's I accept, I accept that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'll also definitely go back to um, Robert Eggers' movies. So I'll go back to The Witch. I'll go back to The Lighthouse. Uh, not really The Northman, because it's not really a, yeah, a scary movie. Yeah. But like him and Ari Aster, like the, the scary stuff that they've been doing is just next level stuff. I'm yeah. all here for it. And I, I assume you'll be rewatching Morbius as well. Oh, Is well, it Morbin time for you? <laughs> <laughs> it, is definitely, it is definitely Morbin time. Uh, I, yeah, my favorite thing about that movie is that uh, my wife was really excited to watch it. And I neglected to tell her that it was understood to be notoriously bad. <laughs> uh, so she was very excited to watch it. And then she was a little bit annoyed afterwards, I have to say. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a, a Halloween movie I can do that with this year. <laughs> but they seem to have all been really good coming out recently. Well, there's, I don't know how good Insidious the Red Door is. Although I do enjoy those those movies. And I'm a big fan of uh, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson's reliable, I think. Yeah, although you, you hate uh, Rose Byrne, so... I don't hate Rose Byrne. You despise her. I just she was she was really good in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as Leatherface. Leatherface, Leatherhead, <laughs> Leatherhead, Leatherhead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. I think so. I think. Get out of my house. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've <laughs> drained <laughs> drained all the conversation yeah. out of each other. Um, do we have any? We've we've nothing really coming up over the next few months that um want. We, we we had planned on going to Gamerfest and maybe doing a, a quick podcast from there, but uh, it it's it doesn't look like it's going to be likely. We, me and Sam both have crushing, <laughs> crushing uh, responsibilities at home and and work, so um, we we won't be doing that. So we'll be doing our, our stand up podcast, but but we are looking. That's to... where that's where you do stand up, right? Yes. Okay, that's great. St- standard standard. Oh, podcast. sorry, I always said stand up. No, no, no. Uh, but we will be doing our, our, our normal podcast. And we are looking, as I've said, to do... Uh, oh, sorry. Something just flew in my window. Uh, we can we, cut that out. No, no, no. We're keeping that in. Okay. Uh, we are looking to do a uh, bit, bit more streaming on, on Twitch, on putting up some YouTube videos. Uh, I have one in the works of... Um, I've bought something stupid. 
Yeah. And that is my replacement Nixie clock. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it, uh, for, for those of you who are listening, which is not many people at all. Don't say that. Don't say but, that. Um, Loads of people are listening. Nix, Nixie tubes are, are clocks that uh, they're Soviet air vacuum tubes with uh, filaments in them and you can see the time. I have several of them. Yep. They're all broken. Yep. I do plan on doing uh, repair videos on them in the future, but I'm, I'm waiting to get this, the stock in of the tubes. They're quite hard to get. Yeah. So what I've bought is a LCD replacement. Oh, so it is. I'm actually looking at it right here, and I, I, I can see that that's that's a that's a convincing replacement. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can do a few different things. So I'll be going through that in the video. Very but nice. we'll also be, as as Sam said, we'll be doing a Garwells Let's Play, yeah, or whatever we're calling it, because I'm pretty sure Let's Play is <laughs> uh, IGN probably owns it. Well, we're. We'll, do, we'll say it in a diff, in like a fun different language. Yeah, well, yeah, Jouer. Yeah, well, we'll say we'll say it in Irish. Yeah. Um, oh, that's an even better idea. Yeah. And then yeah, well, we're we're, we're going to be expanding it, and, and thanks everyone to to all the listeners who've been uh, listening. We we've had a lot of I've had a lot of response to my personal life. I don't know if Sam anyone. No one talks to me. No, no, no one talks to you. But a, a, a good few people in my workplace have said they're listening to the podcast, and that's that's great. And I, I can see it in the stats. And so, big thank you to everyone for for listening to us ramble. Absolutely, or... and also we appreciate we're we're still playing around with like the microphones that we're using and all the tech that we've got set up at the moment. So we're the episode by episode, it's going to sound a little bit different. But every uh, every episode, we're learning and getting somewhere. We're going to get to the point where it's just like we're right, we're right there next year. Just, just whispering in this year. Yeah, I actually felt like my, the episode I did last week seemed like uh, almost like ASMR because I felt like it came off as like a. It was a mat like a madman's lullaby. I yeah, know. it was like I felt like I was. It was at three a.m. and I was on like a jazz radio station in a lighthouse. <laughs> it, it was very good. I quite enjoyed it. And, and th- also, big thanks to Sam for for stepping up last week when I was sick and being able to do the podcast on his own it, it, it was a big success i think thank you for letting me kind of break into your house and sneak into your office to record <laughs> i'm kidding i didn't do that so i think what we can do is we can say you can visit us on our website barrelsblasters.com you can find us on instagram and youtube at barrelsblasters that's right and as i said we'll be we'll be put, putting stuff up on twitch because we haven't got anything there at the moment you can't find it <laughs> so <laughs> once there's something up there uh, we'll we'll be doing the Balrog. We'll be doing not Balrogs, the Gargoyle. <laughs> Gargoyles play. They're basically Balrogs. They're there. The the Gargoyles play through uh, there, and then we'll we'll put the archive of that up on the YouTube site as well. Yeah. And then the Patreon site. We're still working on what the rewards are going to be. As and we're going to wait for a little bit more more listeners to 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 show up. So once once we have all that worked out, we'll uh, we'll get back to you. But also a big thank you to the 650 Instagram followers. That really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, I've only been putting up very, very quick stories and reels. Yeah. Just just, just to fill the time. But They're, um, they're great stories. I love doing that. I don't go onto Instagram for anything else other yeah. than saying the stuff you're doing. But we'll, we'll, we'll be putting up more, more there as well. Awesome. But, um, yeah. I think we're all done there. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Bye now. Goodbye.